Hello everyone, just here to do the 2020 Royal Rumble review, rambling about wrestling. Um, but before I get started on that, I want to mention something that happened last weekend that was a tragedy. I'm actually, I'm recording this on a Sunday, so the week after the Royal Rumble. This is the first time that I have really had a freak moment to do this, but... Before I get started in the Royal Rumble review, I just want to talk about something that was tragedy that happened last Sunday. I'm sure most people know by now. Uh, Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, legendary basketball player, uh, died in a tragic accident in a helicopter crash along with eight other people, including his daughter. It was just horrible. And... I mean, I was at a loss for words, because you always hear about, you know, you always hear when celebrities die, and you don't believe it. I mean, I didn't believe it at first. You know, you hear about, like, you know, deaths, like, for celebrities, and you're, they're usually hoax. And then, you know, it was all over, it was on sports centers, on the news, all over the place, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. He's 41 years old. Like, sad. Like, I grew up watching this guy, just like I'm sure most people did, I'm, you know. I'm a big basketball fan. I love watching basketball. I love playing basketball. And Kobe Bryant was a guy that, you know, he grew up watching. And uh, it's, it's horrible and sad. And obviously your thoughts and prayers go with all the people that died and their families and Kobe's family and his daughter and, uh, you know, all the NBA players that paid tribute to him and, it's sad, and, you know, I've had a lot of good memories with basketball, and he was one of those guys, you know, along with, you know, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, guys like that, that I grew up watching, idolizing, and it's crazy. You never think, this is probably the worst sports death, at least in my lifetime. It's like the biggest, like the most impactful one, because Kobe's literally, Kobe Bryant's literally an icon in basketball, and... You know, one of the great, probably top five greatest players of all time. So some people put him up at the top one or two. And that's not what this is about. But, uh, you know, really mainly for me, and I just want to say thanks for the memories. You were awesome to watch. I enjoyed watching you over the years. And, yeah, it's really sad and horrible. Anyway, thanks. I just want to say thanks to Kobe for all the memories I had as a kid and as, even as an adult. So, with that, um, we'll turn the page and get started with the 2020 Royal Rumble. It took place where? I think it was in. Oh, yeah, it was in the Houston, where the Houston Astros play. Um, actually, took place last Sunday at Minute Maid Park. And, yeah, we'll get started here. So, the first match on the pre-show was actually Sheamus versus Chad Gable. I didn't see all of this match, but from what I've seen, it seemed pretty good. And <sighs> They gave Chad Gable quite a bit of offense on Sheamus. It wasn't just a squash. The match went about 12 minutes. So, you know, they... Sheamus did the beats to the chest and all that other stuff. One with the brogue kick. 
And it looks like Sheamus will be in line probably for a pretty decent push. There's a lot of rumors that he might face Braun Strowman at WrestleMania. So we'll see where that goes. And then the next match on the pre-show was Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo for the, or Carrillo, I believe is how it's pronounced, for the United States Championship. Uh, this was fine. I mean, I don't really, I'm not huge on Humberto Carrillo, Carrillo, if I could talk. I just don't think he's that over, and they do like a lot of start and stop pushes with him where he, you know, he'll be on TV for a few weeks, and then he'll be off TV, and then, you know, he won't really get that proper push that he needs or, you know. But also, they had a rematch the next night on Raw, and Andrade got taken out by Humberto Carrillo, Carrillo, let's just say Carrillo from now on. Anyway, for by Humberto Carrillo, Carrillo Jesus. Um, but the, I believe he did a DDT on the concrete, which Andrade actually did to him a few weeks prior. And then you find out later that Andrade had been suspended for 30 days for violating the wellness policy. So, you know, you got that. I mean, he didn't have to lose the title or anything, which I think is kind of stupid. I guess that's the perks of him being with Charlotte Flair. You know. She's got the backstage influence, obviously, so. But, you know, it was fine for what it was. And then the main card opened up with a Falls Count Anywhere match between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. I actually didn't mind this match. I'm sick of the feud, and it, God, it's like the never-ending feud. Swear to God, it feels like these guys have been feuding for six or seven months, but... You know, it was a fun match, though. I enjoyed it. You know, Corbin put Roman through the, I believe it was the Spanish announce table. I believe he did like a rock, or no, I want to say it was a powerbomb. I could be wrong on that. They brawled in the crowd. The Usos got involved. Bobby Roode, and, or Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler got involved. One of the Usos did a dive on to the Roode and Ziggler, which was pretty cool. And then... Roman Reigns actually stuck or threw Baron Corbin into a porta potty, which I thought was kind of funny. And the crowd actually chanted, Holy shit, which of course they did. And he tipped it over. Um, Michael Cole, for some dumb reason, wouldn't call it a porta potty or, you know, he called or he called it like a structure or some shit. It's weird. Michael Cole's an idiot. But um, anyway, uh, I thought the match was fine. I think it went, uh, they ended it right when it started to get, I think, too long. This was 21 minutes, so, and it was cool. The finish was cool. Roman Reigns did the spear on the Houston Astros dugout and pinned Baron Corbin. And they had another match on SmackDown where they made Corbin eat dog food. It was like a six-man tag with Roman and the Usos and then Ziggler, Rude, and Corbin. Then they made Baron Corbin eat dog food so hopefully this crap's over and we can just move on which seems like they're leaning more toward roman reigns versus the fiend bray wyatt at wrestlemania but we'll see and yeah i mean it was fine for for an opener on the show and i just hope this feud's over because it sucks and the next was actually the 30 woman royal rumble match so the first entrants were actually Alexa Bliss from SmackDown and Bianca Belair from NXT. 
And to, it was those two actually went a long ways on this match. I believe I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were in this match the longest. I do have the list hold up here. I don't know she was in Alexa. So yeah, Bianca Belair was in this match for 33 minutes 20 seconds, which is pretty impressive, and she got eight eliminations. Uh, number three in the match was actually Mighty Molly, which is Molly Holly. Pretty cool to see her back. Number four was Nikki Cross. Number five was Lana, which there was a funny sign when she was coming down the ramp. A fan had a sign that said, Lana cheats more than the Houston Astros, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, next was Mercedes Martinez, who honestly I've never heard of before. And I, apparently she's been wrestling for a long time, which is kind of... Weird that you'd think I would know who she was, but I don't, to be honest. Uh, and then we had Liv Morgan at number seven. And her and Lana obviously having a feud. Lana actually... Liv Morgan eliminated Lana, and then Lana kind of got on... I believe she pulled Liv Morgan off the apron through the top rope or whatever, and they eliminated... So basically Lana got eliminated, and then she eliminated... Liv Morgan, which honestly I've always thought that rule was stupid where you can get back, where like someone that's already eliminated can eliminate someone or someone that's not even in the Royal Rumble can eliminate someone and they're just out of the match all of a sudden. I think that's dumb and I've never liked that rule. And then next was Mandy Rose, which, and then also at some point in this time, Bianca Belair eliminated Molly Holly. So there's that. Um, so yeah, Mandy Rose was number eight. There was a funny spot in the match. This happened a little later where um, Mandy Rose got thrown over the top rope. And at first you didn't see it. And all of a sudden she landed it on Otis's chest, which I thought was hilarious. And the crowd popped huge for that, which was awesome. Otis is great. And I just thought that was a really funny spot. Number nine was Candice LeRae. Number ten was Sonya Deville. So that's how they eliminated. So then Mandy Rose actually gets eliminated by Bianca, or I believe, who did eliminate me? Bianca Belair. She threw her. So what happens is she gets thrown into Otis, who stays at ringside. He caught her. And then Sonya Deville basically, I believe Bianca Belair threw um, Sonya Deville into Otis and Mandy Rose, and it knocked Otis down, and they were both eliminated. Um, number 11 was Kyrie Sane. She ended up getting eliminated by Alexa Bliss. Mia Yim from NXT was next. And then 13 was Dana Brooke. 14 was Tamina, who sucks. Why was she even in there? Bianca Belair actually threw both them out, and then... Dakota Kai was next, and then Chelsea Green. And then there was a point where, I believe this was where Bianca actually threw Alexa Bliss out of the ring. They kind of fought for a little bit, and I believe Bianca Belair used her, because she has like a long-ass like ponytail. She like whips people with it, which is kind of cool. And I believe she hit Alexa Bliss with her ponytail, and it knocked her off the apron, and she got eliminated. And next was Charlotte Flair, and I thought it was stupid because she actually threw Bianca Belair out of the ring, which 
It's like they give Bianca Belair all this shine. She's in there for 33 minutes. She eliminates, you know, eight people from the Women's Royal Rumble just to get thrown out by Charlotte. Like, yeah, I w should, no one should be surprised. It's Charlotte. They obviously love her. So, um, number 18 was Naomi, who had a crazy hairdo. She had an afro, and she did one of her course later on, one of her usual spots where... I don't remember how, but she somehow ended up on the barricade. She looked like she was like Spider-Man, like hanging on the barricade. And she eventually climbed up on the announcer's tables. And then there was a point, this was toward the end of the match. She was actually sitting, just standing on the announce tables for a long period of time. And she eventually used part of the announce table to make like a little bridge. And she ran across onto the steps. And then she, I believe she immediately got thrown out, which I thought was kind of funny. So number 19 was Beth Phoenix, which was actually awesome to see Beth Phoenix. Um, she actually lasted quite a long time in this match, and she actually ended up bleeding. Her hair was, like, red. I don't remember how she got busted open. I remember a spot where it looked like someone kicked her, and I seen her, like, talking to them. So it looked like that might have... I'm not sure if that's where exactly it happened, but I'm just guessing. Honestly, I don't actually remember. So there's that. Beth Phoenix got eliminated. Or not eliminated, but she entered at number 19. Number 20 was actually Tony Storm, who I believe is from NXT UK. Number 21 was Kelly Kelly, a, one, a legend. Well, she was a former woman dresser. I wouldn't exactly call her a legend. No disrespect, but she actually did a stink face to someone, which was, I believe, to Tony Storm, which was awesome. And I have no complaints there. It was pretty cool to see. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. 22 was Sarah Logan. She was in for like 30 seconds. And Charlotte just threw her out like a sack of potatoes. Kind of funny. Natalia was number 23. Her and Beth Phoenix teamed up for a while. And that was cool because they used to be a women's tag team. 24 was Zia Lee, I believe is how you pronounce it. I could be mispronouncing that. She's from NXT. <laughs> Number 25 was Zelina Vega. Number 26 was Shotzi Blackheart from NXT. 27 was Carmella from SmackDown. Number 28 was Tegan Knox. Number 29 was Santino Morella, who's obviously Santino Morella, who used to be a wrestler in WWE, dressed up as a girl, which eh, it's kind of a waste of a spot. It was stupid. And then number 30 was Shayna Baszler. So yeah, no Ronda Rousey in this match. She didn't return. No Sasha Banks. Apparently she's injured. You know, no other legends like a Trish Stratus or Alita. And I, I'm trying to remember. I think, I believe the final four was Beth Phoenix, Shayna Baszler, and Natalia. And eventually... So Natalia actually got eliminated by Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix got eliminated by Shayna Baszler. And then Charlotte won throwing out Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler entered at number 30 and eliminated eight people. So her and Bianca Belair each eliminated eight people just to lose to Charlotte. Like, oh, it was stupid. And Charlotte's going to WrestleMania. And I just... And then you look at the options of who she can face. It's what? Bailey's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Becky Lynch is the Raw Women's Champion. Both those matches have been done to death. I don't want to see that. Like, Charlotte winning this is just stupid and serves no purpose. 
Shayna Baszler, in my opinion, should have won this match, and they could have set up her and Becky Lynch, because there is a story there. You know, she could try to feud with her to avenge Ronda Rousey's loss, because obviously Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey are friends, plus Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch have some history from Survivor Series a few months ago they could play off. I just think Charlotte winning's stupid, and I'm sick of her just being in title matches at WrestleMania every year. It's really annoying. And it's really, honestly, she's only literally, she's only pushed because her dad's Ric Flair. It's stupid. And yeah, that was the women's world. It was fine. You know, they've, last year's I thought was the worst one. This one was pretty good, minus the fact that I think the finish and the winner was stupid. But, you know, what can you do? Charlotte's obviously, in their opinion, their main star of the women. So it'll probably, it sounds like they might actually have her face the NXT Women's Champion, who I believe is Rhea Ripley, which could be interesting, which RIP Rhea Ripley if that happens. So we'll move on from there. Next was Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. I'll be honest, this match bored the piss out of me. It sucked. And Bailey, these guys real these two have bad they need to these two are in the wrong positions. Bailey's a heel and she's terrible as a heel. And Lacey Evans is a baby face and she's terrible as a baby face. So these women need role reversals. What I hope they do, me personally, is they do Bailey versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. That's a match, obviously, that should have happened already on the main roster at WrestleMania, but they haven't done it. I hope that's the route they go. We'll see. But Bailey won, and there isn't much to this. This match was terrible. If I was going to give it a grade, I'd give it like a 3 out of 10, maybe. And then the Rumble, I'd give like a 6. And the Reigns and Corbin match, we'll say like a 6.5, 7. And, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say on the Bailey-Lacey-Evans match. I was pretty much half asleep, and it was sucked. The next match was for the Universal Championship in a strap match. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defending the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. Now, this was great. This was probably the best Bray Wyatt match in a long time, which shouldn't surprise anyone because Daniel Bryan's awesome. And can have a good match with anyone. But yeah, this was the best Bray Wyatt match they've had in a, that I've seen in a long time. And, the, you know, I, at first I thought with it being a strap match that it would suck. Because strap matches are hard, in my opinion, to have really good matches with a lot of times. Um, but no, they did a good job. They, you know, Bray got just beat the crap out of Daniel with the strap. And he was... Just cut up on his back. It looked pretty gnarly. Daniel Bryan actually got in a lot of offense. He hit the, you know, the yes kick. And he actually did the yes lock. And he put the strap in Bray Wyatt's mouth and tilted his head back, which actually looked like a really cool visual. Pretty cool to see that. Um, then he did the, you know, the running knee. Bray Wyatt kicked out. Then there was a point where... I think he did another running knee, and Bray Wyatt no-sold it. And then he ran it, Daniel, Daniel Bryan ran at him again, and Bray Wyatt, like, lifted him up in the air with the mandible claw, and, like, brought him down and then got him in the mandible claw. I thought that was an awesome spot, and then pinned him for the to win the match. So, um, this was great. This is the best match on the show, in my opinion. I'd give this, like, a 7.5, 8 out of 10. It was a pretty nice match here. And we'll see where they go with WrestleMania. It's looking like they're going to do 
you know, Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt for the Universal title, which eh, I'm not going to really get into that right now, but I don't really want to see that, to be honest. As for Daniel Bryan, I mean, who knows? We'll see what they do with him from there, but... Yeah, it was a good match, though. Best match on the show. Went about 17 minutes and 30 seconds, so good length of time for a world title match on pay-per-view. The next we actually had the next match was actually a rematch from last year's Royal Rumble, but this time there's some different, you know, the role reversal. So it was Becky Lynch defending the the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. And so last year in this match, Asuka was actually the Raw Women's Champion. And she was a baby face, and Becky Lynch was kind of a tweener at that point, and now Becky's the clear-cut baby face, and Asuka's a heel. So a little bit of a role reversal there, and then obviously Becky's the champion going into this one. Um, I think their match last year at last year's Royal Rumble was better. Not that I'm saying this was a bad match, but it was good. It was pretty good. You know, I think like I said, I think last year's was better. Um there is some there was one spot in this match that I was like, oh, God. I thought they were going to, like, be Becky Lynch was going to kill herself. She, They were both on the middle rope, and Becky, I believe, was sitting on the top rope. And it looked like she was setting up to do a Spanish fly from the, like, middle rope. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to kill Asuka or kill herself. And she ended up doing, it looked like kind of like a modified, like, rock bottom. It actually ended up looking pretty cool. Then there was another bump where Asuka landed. Like, fell off the apron and landed right on her face. I looked like that hurt pretty bad. Um, Becky ended up putting Asuka in the disarmor, and she tapped out, and Becky retains the title. It was a good match. I enjoyed it for what it was. And, so yeah, this is a pretty small card. I mean, obviously the Rumbles take a while, but the next was the Men's Royal Rumble. So the men's 30-man Royal Rumble match. The next, So obviously everyone knows number one was Brock Lesnar. He was starting the match at number one. That was already announced going in. Everyone knew that. It's pretty cool, honestly. I mean, it still doesn't make sense for Lesnar to be in the Rumble since he's the, already the WWE champion. Like, that's stupid. And does really craps on your... I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. All right. Bye. Sorry, I had a phone call I had to take. My bad. Anyway, uh, so... I believe I was at the Men's Royal Rumble. So, Brock Lesnar obviously started the match number one, which, like I said before, doesn't really make sense. He's the WWE champion, and him being in the Rumble as the world champion makes no sense. And, but yeah, overall, though, before I get into it, I thought this was a really good Royal Rumble. Probably the best Royal Rumble match in a long time. It's entertaining. It's kind of a tale of two Royal Rumbles in a way, because the first half is literally just Brock Lesnar just ragdolling everyone and just kind of basically, I guess if you want to say, burying the roster. I mean, he didn't, you know. <laughs> so the first, yeah, that's pretty much the first half. And then the second half, it turned into an actual Royal Rumble. 
and we'll get into the, you know, there's a few surprises, which were cool, which we'll get into and all that. So basically Lesnar starts number one. Um, Elias is number two and he actually did a song on the way down said he was a sacrificial lamb and he actually I believe he called Brock Lesnar a brain dead gorilla and then called Paul Heyman a fat zookeeper which I thought was pretty funny and basically Lesnar runs out of the ring beats the shit out of Elias on the ramp throws him into the ring the match officially starts Lesnar throws or breaks Elias's guitar over him believe hits him with an f5 and then throws him over the top ropes so there's elias he's on the match for like a minute number three was eric rowan he was in the match for eight seconds he literally gets in the ring lesnar just clotheslines him out of the ring and i thought it was funny at this point lesnar you could already tell he's already sucking win like we're like two minutes into this match and lesnar's dead already which i thought was hilarious um number four was robert rude he was in there for about 41 seconds. Lesnar threw him out like a sack of trash. F5'd him, threw him over the top rope. Number five was John Morrison. He was in for nine seconds. Lesnar literally just suplexed him out of the ring. <laughs> like, lifted him up, throws him over his head for, like, a, I believe it's like a German suplex and just threw him out of the ring. It was, like, it was kind of funny. John Morrison just comes back and basically just got shit on, which... Now, number, this is where it actually started to get a little better. Number six was Kofi Kingston, which the crowd popped huge for. Obviously, everyone knows Kofi lost the WWE title to Brock Lesnar back a few months ago on an episode of SmackDown in like 10 seconds, which I'm not going to really get into, but I still think that's bullshit. But he was actually in there for a while and did so, got some little bit of revenge, I guess you could say. At one point, number seven was Rey Mysterio, who another guy that Lesnar just got done feuding with. And then number eight was Big E. And I actually liked this whole thing a lot because Lesnar, you know, they all three gang up on him. They attack him. Eventually, Brock gets him, you know, away from him. But Kofi Kingston hits a trouble in paradise. Big E hits a big ending. And then Rey Mysterio hit a 619, which I thought was pretty cool. Lesnar sold the shit out of all those because Brock's a great seller. He always has been. And then there was a Lesnar's like propped up sitting at the turnbuckle or. On, yeah, by the turnbuckles. And I Rey Mysterio is like running, and I believe he goes to jump over Big E's back. And Lesnar er, and Lesnar just backdrops Ray over the top rope, and then he runs and jumps off of Big E's back and clotheslines Kofi Kingston, which I thought was awesome. He actually got some height on the clothesline. And then he threw Big E out, and then he hit an F5 and threw Kofi Kingston out. Um, Number nine was... Cesaro, which a lot of people for a lot of years wanted to see Brock Lesnar versus Cesaro. He was in there for 18 seconds and Lesnar just threw him out, which was kind of funny. Number nine, or not number nine, excuse me, never know was Cesaro. Number 10 was Shelton Benjamin, who actually a lot of people might not know this. Him and Brock Lesnar used to be tag team partners. Lesnar was actually legitimately happy to see him. It looked like he's laughing and you know, they hugged when he got in the ring, and then Lesnar's like, hey, you know, we're going to team up, and whatever. Then the second Shelton Benjamin turns his back, he gets suplexed and thrown over the top rope, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is cool, though, that, you know, they did a spot with Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but since Brock came back, 
to WWE in 2012. I believe that's the first time he's been in the ring with Shelton Benjamin. I could be wrong, but I don't recall seeing them in the ring. So, at this point, like I said, Lesnar's gassed. He's dead. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, because the longest anyone had been in the Rumble at this point was Kofi for five minutes. Otherwise, it was literally just Lesnar just ragdolling people the whole time. Number 12 was MVP... A legend and well, a former WWE wrestler. Now he's just kind of, you know. But uh, it was actually hilarious because when MVP was coming down the ring, you could see Brock Lesnar on camera actually dancing to MVP's entrance music, which was hilarious. For a second, it's like he went back to beatbox Brock Lesnar, which was great. It's like Lesnar, when he wants to, can be funny and show personality, and it's awesome. And then he eventually just throws him out. Number 12, 13 was Keith Lee. And you could tell Lesnar was amazed by this dude. He comes out and you could see Lesnar like, he's like, oh, big boy. You could see him mouth that. Then he looks at, I think he said it to Heyman. Or he, I know he turned to someone and he's like, look, who is this big motherfucker? You could see him lip that. Pretty funny. They went at it for a little bit, which I thought was cool. He actually, they actually gave Keith Lee some offense on Brock, which not a lot of people got in this match, obviously, so. I thought that was cool. Number 14 was Braun Strowman. Him and Lesnar went at it a little bit. They've also had a crazy history. Lesnar, or Braun, went for the power slam. And Lesnar actually got out of it. Eventually, though, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman had a little stare down. And then they started brawling. And that was their first mistake. Because Lesnar kind of just ran over. They were actually, like, brawling by the ropes. And Lesnar just ran over and dumped both of them out. Um... And so, yeah, Lesnar's basically, at this point, he had every elimination. He was just running roughshod through the whole rumble. Um, but, yeah, you know, I thought Lesnar did a good job in this match. I, when he wants to, Lesnar can be great when he, you know, he sells really well and all that. Uh, number 15 was Ricochet. Um, him and Lesnar went at it for a little bit. And then Drew McIntyre eventually was number 16. And this is where... The match got great because um, basically there was a point where I believe Ricochet or Lesnar and McIntyre were having a little stare down and then Ricochet actually kicked Brock Lesnar in the balls, which you'd think after all these years with all these dick sh kicks Brock Lesnar's gotten where it's been by Undertaker or, you know, Daniel Bryan or I believe even AJ Styles low blowed him a bunch of people. You'd think Brock Lesnar would invest in a cup. So basically at this point he's getting what he deserves, which... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, he got kicked in the balls by Ricochet, and then um, Drew McIntyre hit an awesome Claymore kick, and Brock Lesnar sold the shit out of it, fell out of the top rope, and just laid there for like 10 minutes probably to gather himself and contemplate his life because he was sucking wind. <laughs> but yeah, the crowd popped huge for that. It was cool, you know, that they gave Drew McIntyre this spot and this moment, and basically this kind of sets, well, which we'll get to, but it kind of sets that up for down the road between those two. And I just thought it was really cool. You know, Lesnar, like I said, he's great when he really wants to be and when he cares. You could tell when Lesnar's invested in something because he'll work his ass off. He's a great seller. Um, and I thought he, you know, I thought that really the way they booked him in this Rumble, I thought, and everyone else around him, I thought was fine. You know, Brock's awesome. And, you know, they kind of did sacrifice a lot of the roster, but 
it is what it is. They did a good... I thought how they got rid of Lesnar in this match was great. And Lesnar had 13 eliminations, which ties the record with, I believe, Roman Reigns. I think he has the him and Reigns, or it could be Braun Strowman in that Greatest Royal Rumble, which I don't even know why they count that, honestly, because that wasn't a real Royal Rumble. Um, so yeah, Brock was in there actually for 26 minutes and had 13 eliminations, which was cool. Um, number 17 was The Miz, and during this time also McIntyre threw out Ricochet while Lesnar was still on the ground, and he was just kind of trash-talking uh, Lesnar. Then The Miz comes out, he throws The Miz out, The Miz was 17, and then there was, I think this might have been around the time Lesnar left, but he kind of, I thought, honestly, I kind of thought they might do something where Lesnar got up back in there and actually eliminated McIntyre, but they didn't do that. I thought that's kind of what they would do, but they didn't do that, obviously. Number 18 was AJ Styles. Number 19 was Dolph Ziggler. Number 20 was Carl Anderson. And then number 21, which was awesome and the highlight of this Royal Rumble. Number 21 was Edge, who, now for those of you that don't know, Edge had to retire nine years ago in 2011. He had serious neck problems. He had triple fusion neck surgery. He got medically disqualified and wasn't. they wouldn't clear him to wrestle anymore. They said one more bump could put him in a wheelchair, so he was forced to retire. There was a lot of rumors going around that he was going to be in this rumble. And, you know, it's rumors, so obviously I'm not a guy that believes them until they happen, but... Um, you know, it was awesome. The crowd went crazy. You could see the emotion on Edge's face. He had a really hard time, you could tell, keeping his emotions in check. Uh, it was really awesome to see Edge back. And I'll just go ahead and say, like, I was reading up about it. And apparently, he signed a new three-year deal with WWE for $9 million. Not a year, $3 million per year, which is awesome for him. I believe it's for five matches a year, so... He's basically getting $3 million to work five matches. That's awesome. I'm so happy to have Edge back. And now it's cool that he, you know, he can end his career the way he wants to. And because he was forced to retire before, now he's back, which I just, you know, I still like, I hope every time he takes a bump, I'm terrified for him. And even in this match, I was terrified. But then there's one thing when he gets in the ring, these morons cut to the crowd. And you miss his first spear that he gave. I, he gave it to Dolph Ziggler. And even, I thought it was funny, Dolph Ziggler even said in an interview that he thought, he's like, someone returns after all these years and you don't even get the impact of their move, you know? And they just showed a crowd shot and you missed the first spear that Edge gave, which, of course, typical WWE with that shit. Um, but yeah, just seeing Edge back was so cool. Um, you know, Edge was awesome. I always loved watching him, and now it's, I'm just great. It's great to have him back around. Number 22 is Baron Corbin, fresh off his match with Roman Reigns earlier in the night. Number 23 was Matt Riddle, who apparently, before this, I guess, got in a backstage altercation with Brock Lesnar. Um, from what I understand is, I guess... Matt Riddle's been running his mouth all these years about, oh, he wants to retire Brock Lesnar, and apparently Lesnar just kind of was like, well, we're never going to work together, and, you know, basically told him to go fuck himself in a way, 
which Matt Riddle runs, seems like he runs his mouth a lot, and it's kind of funny. Like, it seems like he talks a lot of trash for someone that hasn't done anything in wrestling yet. And he get, it's kind of funny. It feels like they kind of punished him a little bit. He got thrown out of this match in 41 seconds, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so, yeah, Matt Riddle was 23. Number 24 was Luke Gallows. Um, oh, yeah, there was a point where... Edge did a spear to AJ Styles, and AJ Styles oversold the spear. You know, he's trying to make it look cool, and he did like a flip, but he ended up landing on his shoulder. And apparently there's talk that he may have separated his shoulder or something, and it could be, I think that's what I heard, and he's going to be out for a while. Hopefully he doesn't miss WrestleMania. That sucks if he does. Um, but you could see there was a point where, I don't think AJ was supposed to be eliminated that quick, and... Uh, you know, you could see him kind of sitting over there in the corner, kind of talking to the refs. They didn't really get it on camera, but... And then Edge eventually threw him out. I think they just kind of called an audible there with him being hurt. But if you go back and watch the replay, he kind of flips and lands on his shoulder because he was trying to sell the spear, which was cool, you know, that he was trying to make it look awesome for Edge. But he just over-rotated. It looked like and landed on his shoulder, which is unfortunate. And then uh, I think I just talked about number 24 is Luke Gallows. Number 25 was Randy Orton, which was awesome. Because you got him and Edge had kind of a stare down, which because they used to be tag team partners. And you kind of see Orton was like, he's like, damn, man. He's like, you look good. You look shredded. It was a pretty cool moment there. Then they eventually team up. They threw out Anderson and Gallows. So a little rated RKO reunion, which I thought was pretty cool. Number 26 was Roman Reigns uh, after his match with Baron Corbin. 27 was Kevin Owens. 28 was Aleister Black. 29 was Samoa Joe. And then 30 was Seth Rollins. And Rollins brings out, you know, AOP and Buddy Murphy. And they actually help him eliminate Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and Aleister Black. Um, which... Then there was a point where they had attacked everyone. And then there was a point where Seth was in the middle of the ring and all the baby faces. So Randy Orton was in one corner. Edge was in another corner. Drew McIntyre was in another corner. And Roman Reigns was in a corner. And Seth Rollins was in the middle of the ring. And he's like, you know, trying to be like, oh. And he tries to team back up with Roman due to their history in the shield. And then eventually he gets a Superman punch. Orton hits... I believe a power slam and then McIntyre Claymore kicks him and throws him out of the ring. So that was cool. Um, Orton and Edge actually hit a double RKO on Drew McIntyre, which looked which was pretty cool. Like I said, seeing rated RKO back together was awesome. And obviously it looks like they're going toward Edge and Randy Orton at WrestleMania due to what happened in this match and on Raw, which I'll touch on in a little bit, but um so eventually Orton actually goes to look like he's going to... So the final four in this Rumble was Randy Orton, Edge, Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns. That was your final four there. Um, and yeah, the, so eventually Orton goes to RKO. Well, like looked like he's going to RKO Edge. Edge actually catches him and Orton's like, oh, you know, I'm just playing. Let's team up again. And then Edge actually throws Orton out which kind of planted the seeds for something that happened on Raw the next night, which I'll get to. Eventually, there's a spot where 
I believe Roman and Edge are fighting. Ed, they're on the apron. And Edge, Roman eventually falls. Or not Roman, Edge eventually falls to the ground. So it's down to Roman and Drew McIntyre, which at this point I'm like, oh God, they're going to have Roman win this Rumble, aren't they? But they actually did the right thing. Roman Reigns got Claymore kicked by Drew McIntyre and thrown over the top rope. So Drew McIntyre not only eliminated Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble, but he ended up winning, which I thought was awesome. And the absolute right decision. And something that I I just saw that's a crazy stat. Roman Reigns has been the runner-up in the Royal Rumble four times. 2014, Batista won. He was the last eliminated, was Roman. Um, 2017, Randy Orton won. He was the last eliminated. 2018, Shinsuke Nakamura won. Roman was the last eliminated in that one. And then this year... Drew McIntyre won and Roman was the last eliminated. So he's been the runner-up in four Rumbles. That's kind of a crazy stat. So yeah, Drew McIntyre going to WrestleMania. Looks like he's going to face Brock. Well, he already said it on Raw. He's going to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE title, which I'm looking forward to. I think that could be an awesome match for WrestleMania. And just in general, it's refreshing. But they kind of, you know, it's not the same old, you know, like a C, like a, even a John Cena, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, like those guys winning. Um, so, you know, overall, I thought this was a good rumble. Drew McIntyre had a pretty good performance, star-making performance for him. Hopefully they do the right thing at WrestleMania and give him the championship and don't screw the pooch like they did with, like, Braun Strowman and, you know, not give him the championship when they should. And I think they will. I think McIntyre will get the title at WrestleMania, which I hope. You never know. I mean, Brock could win. You never know. But, but yeah, that was the review of the 2020 Royal Rumble. Great show. I enjoyed it. Best Royal Rumble in a long time. The winner was right. The absolute right decision there. So, yeah, it's like we're going to get Lesnar and McIntyre at WrestleMania, Randy Orton and Edge. You know, whoever Charlotte chooses. Sounds like Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt, which, oh, God. We'll get to that at some point. But uh, now I just want to touch on a couple things that happened on Raw. So, Raw, basically, Drew McIntyre comes out and says he's going to, you know, he's going to face Brock Lesnar. He has a match with AJ Styles' goons at Gallows Anderson. He beats them. Lesnar comes out and kind of hits an F5. And that's that. Um... Let's see, then Edge comes out at the end of the show, you know, cuts a promo about being back on his terms, and he's like, nine, you know, nine years ago, I was medically disqualified from ever doing this again, said I got in the best shape of my life at 46 years old to get back in here and end my career on my terms, which I just, I just think it's great that he gets to come back, and then eventually Randy Orton comes out, they kind of, he kind of teases like, hey, maybe we should get Rated RKO back together one more time, and Eventually, Orton RKO's him. He gets out of the ring. He hits him. He grabs a chair. He hits Edge with the chair in the in the back with the chair. Edge is selling it like he's dead. And then Orton does like a chair toe, which is where you put your their head on one chair and you hit him. But he, you know, he hit Orton so great that he just he protected Edge at the segment. He actually hit the edge of the chair. Didn't even touch Edge's head. It just made the cling sound. And that, that looks like that's what we're going to get for WrestleMania is Randy Orton versus Edge, which is the best, in my opinion, possible opponent that Edge could face. Randy Orton is one of the safest workers in the world. He's a big star, obviously. And also them being really good friends in real life, I think, will help 
as they'll have chemistry together. Obviously, they used to also be a tag team on screen. So that looks like we're getting Randy Orton and Edge, which I'm looking forward to. Um, something that happened on SmackDown I thought was noteworthy was Braun Strowman actually won the Intercontinental title. They actually gave him a championship, which a lot of people, myself included, probably didn't think would happen. They've really dropped the ball with Braun a lot. He had a lot of momentum for a while, and they killed it by, you know, turning him heel in a stupid way, having him win money in the bank and failing his cash in, not winning the Universal title at every turn. So the fact that they finally gave him a singles title I think is cool. We'll kind of see where they go with that. Um... So I am a big. I like Braun Strowman. I think he's great for, especially for how big he is. He can move around and do pretty cool moves for a big dude. So it kind of sounds like they might hit toward him and Sheamus at WrestleMania. We'll see, but who knows? Strowman might not even have the title by the next pay per view. We don't know, but yeah, that's really it. Um, I'm gonna get out of here. Thanks for listening to the Royal Rumble 2020 review. This has been another episode of Rambling About Wrestling. Uh. Rest in peace to the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again at the next pay-per-view, which I believe is uh, Super Showdown. That'll be in February. So until then, thank you for listening.